Welcome back to IoT Innovation. So the question we asked this week is, the lights are on and no one's at home. Let's talk about that from the perspective of industrial process control and energy management and connect that back to why we are all caring about our home usage. This episode of IoT Innovation is sponsored by Anritsu. Telecom Careers, the number one global telecom and wireless job board. Telecomcareers.com. And welcome back to IoT Innovation. I'm Chris Hare, and today I'm joined by Sunil Frieda, who's Director of Business Development at Comscope. So, Sunil, welcome to the program, and thanks for joining me for a little while. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the reality of IoT and the industrial aspects of IoT. Um, previously, we've talked to Comscope, and, and I think most people in the industry are aware of Comscope's heritage. I, I guess I'd be interested to learn a little bit more about um, your role and the activity with the acquisition of Redwood Systems. Um, why did Comscope get involved in this side of the business? Uh, how does it fit in with your view of IoT? And, and ultimately, how does this drive uh, activity and therefore revenue for what we would think of as your existing customers? Great. Thank, thanks for having me today. I'm, I'm really excited to be here to, to chat with you about our solution and, and Redwood Systems and Comscope. Um, so over a little bit over uh, about a year and a half ago, Comscope decided to uh, purchase Redwood Systems <clears throat> primarily because um, Redwood Systems was a smart LED company that had a great influence into, in the marketplace, um, great legs into a lot of uh, Fortune 500 companies. Um, and one of the strategies that uh, Comscope had in the purchase of Redwood Systems was to get into more markets, increase market share. Um, Redwood Systems was, is based um, uh, currently in the Silicon Valley. And it was also an opportunity to, to, to get into uh, and purchase an R&D team in the Silicon Valley. So the purchase happened, as I said, about a year and a half, almost two years ago. Uh, it's, gone, it's gone along really well. Um, Redwood Systems is focused, was focused primarily on, um, on LED lighting, smart LED lighting. Uh, with a with a sensor connected, uh, about a couple hundred sensors connected in in every floor, um, and hooked up by a Cat five or Category six cables off to a sort of a depth directed engine and up into the cloud. Um, the purchase was done also with the secondary strategy of of having a play in the IoT space. Redwood um, Systems with the solution today, um, connecting lights, um, the sensor is able to measure lumens. Sense also has a PIR um, uh, sensor in it, which allows um, uh, uh, allows the individual or corporation to actually actually measure movement. Uh, so you can actually figure out where people are within an office space. Um, and, and the sensor also has the ability to um, measure temperature, which obviously allows you to connect it up to a HVAC system and manage uh, temperature. Um, in, in a building. Very similar to, to what you see in homes with, with a net system, uh, where you actually have the ability to measure uh, or manage temperature, uh, heating, cooling, based on activity levels in the house. Um, uh, you know, multiply it you know, a couple hundred times uh, into a large commercial building, 
where uh, classically the, the, the energy usage can be as high as 57%. Um, and so by managing uh, the, the, the temperature levels, uh, you actually get to, to obviously uh, save a boatload of cash um, that hits the bottom line. Um, so, so in a nutshell, in a, in a long, in a, with, with a long answer, um, um, the strategy to purchase liquid systems was twofold. One was uh, to get a get a, a play into the commercial uh, property, uh, allowing Comscope to move the rest of the Comscope product within that commercial property, and two uh, was to 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 start to play in a very exciting space, uh, which is the IoT space uh, that we're involved in today. So, so you you make the parallel to Nest, uh, yeah, that's that's great. You should get some of those. So the uh, the interesting thing for me is that uh, which we've been exploring over the last few weeks is that the Internet of Things, the consumer Internet of Things, is is still um, there's some significant value out of some of these devices. Um, I read this morning that the Nest, as an example, um, one of the utility providers in the Chicago area is now looking to underwrite. Uh, Nest, Nest purchases so that you can take advantage of about $130 a year saving uh, potentially out of in your home utility. I mean, that's kind of a big deal. That, that actually starts almost being an ROI. Um, one of the concerns I've had as, a, as we've been exploring this is that consumers, you know, all of us, we go into um, retail stores and we go buy devices and then a couple of weeks later we can't remember why we bought them. Uh, what the return on investment was if we even tried to justify it to ourselves. Yeah. Um, and, and, and therefore, it, it really doesn't have as anywhere near the value that we thought it should have had. It maybe not, it wasn't compelling in the first place, or maybe it was and we just didn't really do enough research. One of the things that I'm seeing with industrial IoT is that that's generally not the case. Usually there is a finance team, a business team, a strategy team, etc., that has done their homework. They've done a, a more thorough business case to say, okay, look, we're going to put a system in place. We're going to automate things in buildings um, and we're going to do it in a smart way. Um, you know, what, what kind of examples do you see with uh, either building owners or business owners as they make a decision to implement uh, one of the systems that, that you've been um, able to provide. Is it, is it as thorough as that? Is it, is it more a case of, okay, well, we've got to make some changes anyway, let's just do it. Are they really doing their homework uh, as I think they are? Yeah, so that's a, that's a good question. So, so think of it, uh, there are multiple ways to answer that question. Let, let, let's start with this. Um, descriptive, predictive, and prescriptive, right? Three important words. Um, building owners want to understand on the descriptive side, they want to understand what is going on within their building, mm -hmm. where, where, where people are, what kind of space is being used, which conference rooms are being used and when, uh, what's my temperature levels are, and is my real estate being used next to human capital, the cost of real estate is the second highest number, right? We know that for sure. Yeah. And, and um, uh, 50, uh, it's about 50%. If, if I throw that number on the table, uh, you'll be surprised, but the average space occupied utilization in North America today is 50%. So there's 50% of, of real estate out there corporate in the corporate world that's not used at all. That's expensive real estate. Think San Francisco, think New York City, and every, anywhere in between, right? So descriptive, in a sense, 
is how do I, as a person who reports into the CFO, understand at a touch of a button what my usage patterns are across all my offices in the U.S. or even the world? Let's let's pull Tokyo, New Delhi, Melbourne, Australia. What my usage patterns are. The second, the second is predictive, right? I need to know, uh, based on the understanding of the usage patterns of, of a building or temperature levels, can I predict in, for example, in the month of August in Europe, will my number of people in the building come down because a lot of people are on holiday during that period of time? Mm-hmm. Can I manage my hitchback levels? Can I, what, what is my cost per death um, number today? Was it going to be in August when, when people aren't there as often? And the final piece is a prescriptor. Can I actually do something about it? Can I actually manage my conference room well enough so that I get my utilization rate from 50% to a 75%? Mm-hmm. Can I get my energy savings from a 57% number, which is the average today in North America, to a 75% number? That's the challenge, right? So understanding where things are today, Understanding and predicting what's going to happen in the in the near term, and then having a tool in the toolbox uh, to actually uh, bring the numbers to where you want it to be. And I think those three key buckets are something that you would look at in a commercial property and 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 discuss and figure out how IoT would play uh, a role in in those three major buckets. So what we're seeing is is that that is you know if you look across North America, if you look across the world, um, those are the three key areas that that we're starting to see uh, in a place play at, at different levels, right? The most intelligent building has got a prescriptive um, methodology of managing conference rooms, um, and, and and at the other end of the spectrum, you know, <clears throat> you will get guys coming in with batch wipes and trying to manage the number of batch wipes per. Per month and understanding, you know, they may need to increase more, um, more deaths, etc., or, or more more real estate or more floors, um, and, and sort of a trial by error method of getting there. That's a huge spectrum, and, and Redwood Systems and Comscope and a lot of other companies within this space are trying to work out how we can actually, you know, help those companies sort of, you know, get from one end to the other end. So, so um, you know, picking up on the on that example, I think on on the basic level of automation, you know, we've all been familiar with years of walking into a conference room or uh, a restaurant or a restaurant bathroom or somewhere where the lights are automatic. Yeah. So the very the, the the most basic is is a pure binary. Is is someone in the room? Yes. Is there movement? Yes. Okay, the lights on. Um, you know that that clearly has a uh, safety and a power uh, impact, and then the other end of the scale is what you're talking about, where you've got large-scale businesses managing multiple offices around the world. Um, they're trying to figure out utilization, prediction of temperature. Um, do they need to plan an, an, another building the same way as the existing? But you know that the analytics and the data that is attached to that inform- uh, to that capability on the big scale is is pretty massive. What about all the ones in the middle? I mean, somewhere uh, a business that's that's slightly above the, the kind of the nest model of wanting to manage their their heating and their utilization of AC, HVAC, but they're nowhere near the analytics of the big scale. Are, are you starting to see medium-sized businesses try to do a smaller version of what you describe? Is this a trend that you think is going to get? more prevalent as all these devices basically become, uh, all these cameras and lights become a node on a network? 
Yeah, I think, you know, I, I, we're starting to see that happen across. So we're starting to see, the, we're starting to see the, the, the penetration of IoT uh, from um, the extreme high-level large corporations um, right down to uh, what I call medium-sized businesses, you know, uh, 500,000 people within a building um, or, or a company and having uh, the ability to actually connect the information that's happening within that building to a central node, a central point through the cloud, right? So you may have um, the person who manages all real estate, all, all facilities, for example, sitting in New York City, but would like at a touch of a button, be able to figure out what the usage patterns are in, in his or her office in New Delhi, for example, or in Tokyo, um, and have a look at some dials, you know, understand two key levers, right? The first is, what is my utilization rate of, uh, of a particular floor? Let's take real estate, for example. What my utilization rate of a floor is, and when utilized, what percentage utilized is it, right? So that particular floor, you know, 37% used, and, and, and when, it's, when that floor is used, break it down to subcomponents and understand where the meeting rooms are, what percentage used, what percentage used of, you know, the open floor plan, for example. Lighting is another great example, right? You brought up the nest analogy. Hypothetically, um, you know, no one should be at my house today, uh, right now, because everyone's at work and in school. I should be, my, but if my lights are on um, and, and, and someone did not turn the lights on, I should have the ability, or if the hitchback is on right now, I should have the ability to actually turn it off via the cloud. Um, and the sensors that, that Redwood Systems has, and a lot of companies have, have measure occupancy, but also are able to hook up the hitchback. So just think of, of these two things. One is, you know, if you think of meeting rooms, for example, um, you know, 33% of all meeting rooms are unplanned, and, and, and of all meetings are unplanned, and right. finding them very difficult. Uh, and, and I'll show another number on the table. 20% of all meeting rooms are, are booked uh, but not being, but but no one shows up. Um, if you have a sensor in there, you are able to a uh, offer the room to someone else who may need the room. Right. Uh, b, uh, if no one really shows up, you should be able to dim the lights, maybe even turn them off. Right, saving more than fifty-seven percent of of energy usage, and also be able to to cool down the room to a certain level. Uh, with your HVAC system. So having the ability to do this um, across the uh, multiple offices, across uh, the North American space, even if you are a fairly small office, the impact to the bottom line is going to be great. The sensors are small. They're connected up by either, today we know they're either connected up by wireless, so you've got a Bluetooth or Wi-Fi type system, which mm -hmm. really costs very much money to a very simple hub and up into the cloud. Uh, or in our case, we we connected them up by Cat Five and Cat Six because uh, you know we we believe that um, that solution really doesn't require uh, power. So we basically power our sensors that way, and you don't really need batteries. Pick a choice, but either way, um, even if you're a small or medium-sized business, you want to have information. Um, you want to have information timely, and you want to be able to 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 predict what is going to happen. Um, and, and I believe, you know, information is power. Um, and as we see, the penetration of these hardware devices are getting greater. As in Nest, uh, the prices are coming down. Um, 
uh, and, and I think the penetration will, will, with the prices coming down uh, and the ease of use and the use of the cloud, I think you'll see uh, more small and medium-sized business uh, adopt IoT-type devices to manage um, and manage their spaces. Yeah, I think that's interesting. I mean, one of the, so so two aspects to come on from that. One is uh, security, and the other is is language or, or um, uh, architecture. We've talked previously with people like um, Arm uh, about having a common language across all these IoT devices. You you add nodes, that's great, but if the nodes don't speak the same language, then then you have a problem. So so uh, maybe talk about that in a moment, but. The, but the, the one that really comes to mind is, is that for a smaller business, um, the security implications, the cyber attack implications of having all these devices acting as information nodes. It, you know, as, as we saw a couple of years ago with the breach that happened at Target with their financial services, that breach happened through the HVAC administration. Um, you know, this was a way for an attack to happen that was uh, not expected, that was, um, Reaching a security level through a, a non-obvious method. Um, how do you how do you see this, and how do you work with customers to try and make sure that not only is this giving them great information and potentially giving them great analytics, but is also as safe as it needs to be to because ultimately it's connected to all of their other uh, data services. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I think. Uh you know that's that's something that anyone within uh, the IoT space is 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 is, um, is being challenged with today. Look, um, anytime you're connected up to the internet, whether your kids are connected up to the internet or whether your your lights are connected up to the internet, or your conference room management system is connected up to the, the World Wide Web, uh, you run the risk of uh, having um, you know uh, breakages in in the firewall and um, and, and issues on security. Um, you know, we have seen this. Um, we have seen sporadic um, uh, issues across uh, across uh, uh, different places. Uh, we've read about them. Um, we have not at Redwood Systems. We run a, um, a a very tight security. We have a tight security system, and we also have um, um, we have a, a solution that's proprietary that manages um, the information flow between our solution and up and the solution up and, and up into the cloud, sorry. Um, so the proprietary solution prevents um, breakages into our network. Um, we have not up till now seen anything um, uh, happen with our solution, uh, but I question um, anyone who, who is in the IoT space, I think it is important um, if you are going to bring a solution outside the firewall of a company um, and into the cloud, uh, I think it is important to test and be rigorous about how you manage the system, where you manage the system, um, and have uh, a fail-safe uh, method of, of, uh, you know, of, of managing it. Uh, we have seen some of our clients require our solution to be behind the firewall. Mm -hmm. uh, Many banks, for example, that we work with uh, will require an IoT control system behind the firewall and not, not information being taken up into the cloud. Um, that's all well and good, and we understand uh, the security impact on, that, on, on their businesses, and uh, we're more than happy to work with them with that. Um, so I think you know, the short answer is um, twofold. One is anytime anything is, is connected up to the Internet and into the cloud, you run the risk uh, of an attack. 
um, you mitigate that attack, mitigate that attack by a, either having information uh, control systems behind the firewall, as we see in many cases, uh, we see, or two, uh, running proprietary systems um, that connect the different pieces of the internet through the backbone. I think that's important, um, uh, but I think it's something that, that is a work in progress across a lot of companies, um, and we're starting to see um, you know, a lot of headway being made in that space. Great question. So, so uh, maybe just to just to finish up and make it a little bit more personal. Um, from from my perspective, you know, the, I, I question every uh, every January the first. I try and figure out: Do I want to make a New Year's resolution to not be involved in wireless anymore? And every year, it's like, yeah, you know what? There's still some fun stuff to do. There's some, yeah. you know, great people. There's some great technology, and and the, and the industry is just moving in some really interesting ways. That means I have to connect the technology and and the industry to to what I really want to be doing from a personal basis, which is my excuse to saying that I'm going to go retail shopping and buy all these gadgets that I probably don't need. So, so tell me a little bit about what gets you excited about IoT, both from a, from a professional perspective, but also personally. You know, what, what's the latest device that you bought that you fell in love with? What's the latest uh, lusting device that you haven't bought yet, but you're, you're planning to? And, and why, do, and what, Aspects of that, do they really, uh, what parts of the, the psyche have they tuned into to get you excited about going spending your hard-earned money on something new that's that you didn't have last week? Yeah, so that's, <laughs> how much time have we got? Um, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> right, um, I mean, look, at the end of the day, you know, let's break it down two ways, right? So I think, you know, we have, uh, you know, having... It, it, at my home, a smart home would be great, right? Having a cable box, uh, you know, in a cable space. Comscope is, is a big proponent of the cable space. We are working on fiber to the home uh, in many places. And, and if you look at what Comcast has done, a lot of cable operators have done, they're trying to get the cable box to be the, the Internet of Things hub within the house. And, uh, and so that is going to be, you know, by having that and having a protocol agnostic Internet of things hub within the home um, is my first wish, right? So I want to be able to, uh, you know, not figure out what protocols I'm having if I have an, uh, you know, if I have uh, uh, an Android type device or I have an iOS type device or, or, or pick, a, pick a protocol, right? I want to be able to have a device that's connected in my house that's protocol agnostic. So anytime I get the green light uh, to go buy some new toy, um, I, <laughs> I can hook it up and not worry whether, you know, the protocols and, and alphabet jargon are, are going to match, right? Uh, so that's the first thing. I think the second piece on the, on the commercial side is I want to be able to leave my home and come to work and be able to, to be seamlessly connected between home and work, right? So when I get into work, I want to be able to open up a device. I want to be able to use it anywhere. Uh, I want to be able to manage my home. I want to be able to be connected through the cloud. Um, you know, if I'm in the real estate space, be able to know my usage patterns, be able to control my temperature, or even just walk into a room and have the lights, you know, sort of be set to a certain level that I want to, I feel comfortable using. Have the temperature managed to a certain level. I like my office a little cooler than, than usual, and I want to be able to walk into my office and have that happen automatically. So that's my second wish. I think the third piece is, you know, um, what we're doing outside the space between the office and home. 
what we're seeing in the streets, right? You know, the ability to manage traffic. Um, we're starting to see you know, driverless cars happen across the country. Tesla's doing a lot of great stuff. Mercedes-Benz is doing a lot of great stuff on that. Um, and you know, we live in a world of connected devices, cars, and buildings. Um, the ability to actually seamlessly move from one space to another um, and, and almost not know that I'm connected to the web right. is the critical component of, of I think, where the future is going to be. Um, we're a big player in that. We're a big uh, proponent of that, and uh, we're doing everything we can to get, you know, get um, the masses out. Great. Thank you. Thank you very much. So, so let's leave it there for now. I think we could have another whole uh, program to talk about smart cities, and and, yeah. and also maybe a second program to talk about the drawer full of toys that we both got that we. Exactly. <laughs> didn't use it much afterwards so um so with that thank you very much um sunil frieda from uh from comscope but more specifically from redwood systems so thank you very much for joining us and um we will be back again next week and talking about other aspects of iot innovation thank, thank you, you very much have a good day bye-bye IoT Innovation is a production of RCR-TV. To reach Chris Hare or suggest a show topic for IoT Innovation, you can reach Chris at cbh at ntete.com. To find out more about IoT Innovation and all things wireless, visit rcrwireless.com.